Okay, Blake, I've been working on some jingles for our new website launch. So I've got churchy, churchy, church, church dear. Toby, what have I told you about singing on the podcast? It doesn't work. But you know what is working? Our new website. You can actually get it to load on your phone. You can actually buy a new piece of gear without your phone bursting into flames. Well, what if I spelled it out like C-H-U-R-C-G-E-R? Toby, Toby, stop. That is not working. But you know what is working? The search bar on our website. You can actually search speakers and speakers will appear. No joke, that didn't always work. Okay, what if I just did something like go to churchgear.com? Uh, you know what? That one works. Blake, did I ever tell you about the time I fell into the stock room at Sweetwater? Would, did, the, did like Dr. Strange throw you there with his sling ring? Welcome to the Church Gear Podcast, where we pull the tech director out of the booth and onto the stage to share the most outlandish stories and hidden wisdom from the tech trenches. And now, here are your hosts. I'm your host, Blake Hodges, a man who is obsessed with Coleman, Alabama as the best Alabama town that no one talks about. And I'm here with my boss who has enabled my love for Coleman via gear trips, Toby Walters. Is there a town in Alabama that people talk about? Well, I mean, that's kind of the joke here is that Alabama, uh, not that great. Not that great. Well, there are parts that are that great is what you're trying to say, because I feel like all our Alabama listeners are like loading up their shotguns. That's true. Well, and I should say that mostly I just talk crap about Alabama to mess with a guy in my small group who's from Alabama, Will Brown. Mm. But uh, Coleman, Alabama, I think is the best city in Alabama and no one talks about them. I've been to Coleman, too. Five guys there. It's on point. No, it's got, uh, <laughs> I think it's 416 Public House. It's got a really cool restaurant. Great little downtown. I mean, honestly, bumping downtown. It's it's like a little Franklin, really. So uh, this time I fell into the stock room at Sweetwater. It was not in Fort Wayne, Indiana, as you might think. But it was, was it in Coleman? It was not in Coleman either, but you're much closer. It was in Birmingham, Alabama. Oh, nice. So this was back before the church gear days when I simply was buying and selling gear as my job. So uh, I would travel to different cities, um, especially around the South, like Atlanta and Birmingham. And I would buy music gear from people off of Craigslist and Facebook Marketplace. And I'm so glad you didn't get murdered in these days. I was never going to get murdered. I mean, Craigslist is where things happen. <laughs> it, what is there like a, a made for TV movie called the Craigslist killer or something? Oh, well, I now there is because anything that has <laughs> yes, been thought of has already been created. Okay, so uh, I ended up buying an Ampeg uh, bass amp head from one of the worship guys that it turns out was at Church of the Highlands. Because when he gave me the address, I showed up at Church of the Highlands. And so he met me at the front door and he's like, yeah, come on back. It's in my office. And so he walks me kind of through their backstage hallways. And this is the moment I'm like, am I in Sweetwater? Like there was brand new gear in the boxes everywhere that's incredible i bet you were just like a kid at christmas a little bit i was like what is going on here and he's like yeah we've got you know some new campus expansions and we just ordered a whole bunch of stuff i don't think any of it was actually from sweetwater but it just you know that's what it reminded me of toby i don't know how i feel about you talking about our competitor's name uh, so many times in this episode our only competitor is the Dallas Cowboys, right? That's right. That's right. The Dallas Cowboys. So uh, fast forward like eight years and just a few weeks ago, um, I ended up getting to go back to Church of the Highlands and uh, hanging out with their production team. So um, 
I went down there and hung out with the like the video media department. And so I got a tour of the broadcast campus, which was super cool. They're running uh, SSL boards as well. And do you remember what SSL stands for? Uh, super sultry low tones. <laughs> but I do know that that's where those those are the boards that we're getting from our buddy Caleb Lepke. I think that's right. Caleb Lepke mixes on a pair of SSLs up there, as does Church of the Highlands. So, um, you know, the full tour and they have just, you know, incredible video suite and front of house stuff. And it was just awesome to connect with their team. So I get to tour the broadcast campus, which was super cool to see. And then we went to lunch at kind of a local uh, barbecue favorite. And that was on point again. It was not Coleman, Alabama level. Look, you can't beat the food in Coleman, but, but you know, Birmingham you can know, try. Yes. And then they took me to their central warehouse. And I was like, what is a central warehouse? Yeah, yeah why is there a central? There's multiple ones. How do, how do we get a central warehouse? We need multiple warehouses. So Church of the Highlands is one of the biggest, if not like, you know, number two or three in the country as far as size of church because they have this incredible campus ministry where they are planting new church campuses. And I think they're up to about 24 campuses all around the Alabama area. I don't know if they've written a book on this model, but they really should because they really should. They, they're doing it right. And essentially their central warehouse feeds all these campuses, so to speak, like almost think of it as an Amazon fulfillment center where a campus here says, hey, we need gaff tape. We need light bulbs. We need toilet paper. And they put in an order with the central warehouse. And then every week, a truck from the central warehouse delivers those supplies to the campus. Do you think they expedite whenever they said they need toilet paper? I mean, what if someone's putting that order in while they're, you know, taking a long call in the bathroom? <laughs> Thanks, Wally Grant. And so it was just an incredible, like, logistical feat to, you know, manage all those campuses. And do you know the name of their senior pastor, Blake? I don't. I didn't either, which they said that's the way their senior pastor likes it. He wants the church to be known for their mission and their ministry, not for his name. Again, like, you know, all jokes aside about Alabama, I'm just such a big fan of Church of the Highlands for that reason as well. And you know what their pastor's name is? Blake Hodges. Oh, no. Is it Toby? It's Chris Hodges. There we go. My much more accomplished cousin. That would be really funny if he was. Um, but speaking of really accomplished people that you should know the name of. We're about to launch into our episode with Griffin McCravey, the lighting director at Church of the Highlands. Um, this is one of our episodes with Philos. You might hear some background noise uh, and talking about logistical feats like handling the warehouse at Church of the Highlands. Getting ready for Philo was a logistical feat, but we still did it to record some episodes live. So here's the first one of those. We're live from Philo, and I'm here with broadcast lighting director for Church of the Highlands, Griffin McCravey. Thanks for coming on the show, man. Yeah, it's a pleasure to be here. So can I, can we call you Griff? You can go with Griff. Mr. Gravy. Gravy. Mr. Mr. Gravy. Mick Gravy sounds like a McDonald's meal. So, That's true. You know, it's, Are you a lovable character? Are you only a dollar uh, and something people buy at midnight? Uh, people tell me I have the hug of a large sized bear. So, hmm. you know, we could try that after. You have a little bit of a bear voice. Well, you know. Like I could hear you as a voiceover guy for a lovable bear. Oh, 100%. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, I'm just, I'm a lovable bear-sized person. Mm. So uh, we were talking about my venture into the, was it Wonderland? Is that where Alice falls into? She does. Where I felt like I fell into the stock room of Sweetwater in the back halls of Church of the Highlands. So 
I ended up there just to buy a piece of gear off of one of the worship guys had like a, a bass amp. And as I'm walking through the back halls, I'm like, am I in Sweetwater's warehouse? Like, there was gear. <laughs> I'm not sure why security everywhere. let you back there, but you know, yeah, well, with he a had face a, like this, he had a sling yeah. ring from Dr. Strange. He just oh, ported his way gotcha, back in there. Gotcha, gotcha. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I was wondering why the key card scanners let you in. Yeah. I had it. It was one of the worship guys. So well, is this a bad time to say we've stolen all the gear from churches in the past <laughs> with that sling ring? We've never actually bought any of it. <laughs> It's all it's all B stock now. It's okay. But it's we're okay. then selling it back to other churches. So it's so it's really in the end, it's like a revolving. It's it's okay. But yeah. as soon as it gets there, we steal it again. I'm just kidding. We obviously don't have a sling ring. But you wish you did. Just but we do steal gear. We're not kidding about that part, right? Uh, for legal, I will say we are kidding. <laughs> we're actually kidding. I mean, if you're, if you're listening at this point, you know we're nothing we say is true. It's I sure good. hope so. <laughs> So, Toby, do you have any anything you want to ask Griffin from that time you were there? Uh, how? What? Why? It's uh, it's a process. We so we're a multi-site church in Alabama, obviously, and so we we have found that best practices to buy in bulk, get the best discount, and then distribute it out after that. So, it is a little terrifying to walk into our warehouse and think my church isn't doing this so like obviously we must be doing something wrong no you're not we're just like also not normal yeah how many campuses do you have we're at 23 right now yeah yeah we've we've lost a couple gained a couple because of covid and just other things like that but yeah it's it's you have to be ready to distribute stuff on a large scale quickly and yeah. so it's yeah this i think this is the first time we've had a church on talk about buying power with 23 campuses. Funny That's enough, we actually had a conversation with our builders a couple weeks ago. They were like, hey, can we be honest with you? It'd be cheaper to buy all of the supplies for the next three buildings instead of paying for them one building at a time. Wow. So our construction company was like, would y'all be interested in making a deal where y'all buy all of those supplies for the next three physical buildings? I'm surprised with supply chains being what they are that they were willing to par with that many supplies. That sounds great. Yeah, I mean it's I mean it's great on our end. And I mean I think it's a testament to like it's the construction company we've used through all the projects. So I think they just they know we're not going anywhere. We know they're not going anywhere. So they were like, hey, to be honest with you, it's cheaper for you to do this, even if it doesn't necessarily help us, you know? Well, what's funny about that too is that Griffin's church apparently is like the unofficial second can I say this? You good with this? Yeah, like yeah, yeah. it's like unofficially the second largest church in America. Yeah. They just don't I mean, publish I, their numbers. Yeah. I, I knew it was top five. Like Yeah, we've we've always kind of bounced around. I mean obviously you keep up with your statistics just because you want to know where you are health wise as an organization. But you know our church really are one of the things I think that sets our senior pastor apart is that he wants it to be a church that the churches know, not that the pastors know. Not picking on any church or any organization, but I think famous pastor season is like we're in the midst of it right now. It's a bad time to be a famous pastor. Yeah, it really is. And so it's really refreshing and like encouraging for me to work in an organization where the pastor is like, no, it's not about me. It's about the church. It's about the church reaching the lost, people knowing the church. So for that reason, we've just tried to kind of take ourselves out of potential limelight of like, oh, this is a mega church. I mean, like, obviously you can look at it and see the size, but like, we're not posting that, hey, we hit top five today. You know what I mean? So it's just something we're not as focused on, I guess. Yeah. I, I felt kind of foolish when we were looking you up. Not that I don't feel foolish most of the time, but when I saw how big your church was, I was like, how did I never hear of them until Because you don't now? listen to me, Blake. Oh, you know, it's a learned <sighs> survival skill to not... <laughs> 
Okay. I was like, do you know Church of the Highlands? You're like, no. You're like, is that near Coleman, Alabama? I hear that's the coolest city I've ever been to. <laughs> Toby's like, if I want like to listen to anything, I have to bring in Coleman, Alabama somehow. It's only an hour from Coleman. <laughs> I had one good lunch in Coleman, and now it's like my favorite place ever. Um, Big German town. If you want some good German food... Okay, fascinating. I wouldn't big have guessed German that. Town. Is it a town of big Germans or just uh, a big yes, town of Germans? Yes, and there are large Germans there, and okay. it's also a large German town. Um, Colonel Coleman was a German colonel who <laughs> came to and founded Coleman. I got most of that sentence that's, right. That's most, history right there. Most of those facts are right. Yeah, that was, that was a good story. <laughs> yeah. Donkashen. Ish. Ish. Yeah. Ish. Yeah. Okay, so Griffin, you seem like a really nice guy. Like, honestly, even more nice than average. And I try. I'm going to have to... Oh, wait a minute. Who's that? We have Todd hey, Elliott. Mr. Philo. This is Todd Elliott, founder and face of Philo. Uh, listening public, do you know that you can buy a Todd Elliott face for $2 at the merch table? I found that out, yes. <laughs> and the money goes to uh, help people, international uh, people, attend Philo online. Wow. Okay. So that's cool. We just figured it'd go to printing more of your face. Oh yeah, hopefully not. Yeah, it's a lot of <laughs> printer toner we went through on that one, <laughs> as seen on YouTube. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. I should do that with my face too. I've been on YouTube. No, it's I'm I'm tired of seeing that face. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's very handsome though. Ah uh, well, thank you. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. Anyway, thanks for uh, being here. Yes. Thanks for doing a podcast live. I know. Griffin, thanks for being here. Absolutely. It's been a ton of fun. Yeah. yeah. Can you just take over for Blake? I mean, he's blowing well, I, it so far. I'm actually supposed to be going somewhere right now. I'm he yeah, says, I'm actually supposed to be somewhere right yeah. now, but I was nice <laughs> enough to stop. But we have time yes. for a selfie. Yeah, but this is this is what I'm doing, just like stopping by and saying hello. And so, yeah, yeah. why not on a podcast? Why not? Sure. There you yeah. go. We love it. Tech cool. yeah. Tech yeah. All right. <laughs> I'm so glad that happened. You are our last one of the day, and we haven't had a random bump in, so that, that was, was perfect. That was perfectly and timed. Blake we has didn't three daiquiris in them, too. So. Yeah. Oh, well, you yeah. know me. I'm, if I'm podcasting, I'm drinking. <laughs> Water. That's actually a, yeah, there we go. Okay, what was I saying? Oh, Griffin, you seem like a fine lad, uh, even you know nicer than average, but I need you to lie to me. I need you to deep, reach into your soul uh, and find some badness. Toby, you ready to spot these lies with me? I can do it. Okay, number one. I have been at Highlands for five years on full-time staff. Number two, I, my person, has been hit by a moving vehicle my twice. <laughs> I just wanted to be specific that it was my physical body has been hit twice. Normally when I t say my person, it's my wife. So I was like, his mm. wife has been mm -hmm. hit? No, 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 my physical body. Yeah. <laughs> Number three, I have run out of air while scuba diving. Whoa. This guy has a death wish. He does. Man. I walk the line. Yeah. I will admit. You know, it does tend to be one of our, our guys on staff actually is like nicest, normal guy. He's got the most adrenaline pumping stories I've ever heard. So it yeah. does seem to be a trend here. Number four. Was the youngest staff member hired to date at Highlands? Mm. Number five. How old are you now, Griff? I am 23 as we sit here. Okay. 24 in July. So if... I'm doing the math. If if that's not a lie, then he would have started at 18. So we'll find out. I think it is. I think that one's true. Okay. I'm going to out him. I, I chatted with him before we, we started <sighs> podcasting. I want us to win this round. Okay. Um, number five. I spent two years in my early 20s traveling with Dolly early Parton. Teens. Early teens. you got to read. He's not even teens. in his early 20s. He is in his I'm early 20s. I'm in my early 20s currently. Gosh, uh, Give it is to hard, me. Blake. All right. I'm just going to say And you have it. a college degree? It's I do. Wow. It's the end of the conference. Brain's getting tired. Three daiquiris. I was just so excited to say Dolly Parton. <laughs> um, I pass her house every day when I go to church HQ, actually. number That's not a joke. Number six. 
I was left behind on a dive trip in deep sea water. Dang, man. Your life has been rough, it's, and you're only 23 years It's in. full of adrenaline and Red Bull. But what's crazy is the dangerous thing you've ever done was sitting on this mic with church gears. So this is really oh, when you It yeah. really is. Uh, to date, this is the most terrified I've been. Yeah. I mean, nobody knows who your pastor is, but we did tell him you're going to be on this podcast. So well, he is listening. Oh, Pastor Chris, I love you. Yeah. All right, Tobes. It's not... He, he was definitely the youngest hired at Church of the Highlands. I know that one's... Okay. That one's gold. So what are you drawn to after that? I mean, in his early teens, traveling with Dolly Parton, like, was he homeschooled? And what was his role there? I mean, I guess he he could have done, like, during the summer or something, but... Okay, I like that. Um, I think the the, the, the key here is he's got two scuba diving... I think you're right. It's got to be one of those. That's my guess. So so let's Uh, split the difference. So one of us wins? I'm going to say run out of air, because it's right in the middle. Okay, and then I'll Mm. I'll say the other one, so at least one of us gets this, hopefully. I'm going to lock in. I was left behind on a dive trip in deep sea water. What's the lie, Griff? The lie is that I was left behind on a deep sea trip. Oh no! Yep. Honestly, I was gonna pick whichever one you didn't take. Those. No, I, I didn't even. Right. I didn't even think about the logic that there's two scuba diving ones on there. I didn't even think that y'all would catch on to that. Well, I, I'm two for three now at Philo. This is the most I've ever gotten right in a row. And Blake, we just had deep dish Chicago pizza deep roll dish by pizza. us. You know, yeah. where's it going? If only it was Jets, then I'd be interested. Are you familiar with Jets pizza? No. It's like. I mean, it's Pizza Hut. It's but yeah. it's Detroit style Pizza Hut, and Blake thinks it's the best Chicago deep dish he's ever had. You're Actually, telling me you don't go to somewhere more like Chicago than a place called Jets? It's not even Chicago deep dish. Oh, Blake. Hi, Griffin. Nice to meet you. My name's Trash Panda. Um, okay, That's so why you love Coleman, Alabama? Oh boy, don't you come <laughs> for my love. Okay, so tell us about getting hit by a moving vehicle twice. Yeah, so uh, two separate instances. Um, I was very young, not taller than the size of parked vehicles in a parking lot, and my dad and I were waiting for our table to be ready at Red Lobster and uh, Great Lobster Rolls. And uh, For the seafood lover in you? For the seafood lover. And so my dad and I went to the restroom, came back out, go back to the car to wait a little longer, and he holds the door as any gentleman should for these very nice ladies. And I, as an early young kid, am like, hey, Dad, I'll race you back to the car. He never hears me. I never know that he's not with me. I take off running, get in between, like, a row of parked cars. And this guy, luckily traveling at a low rate of speed, just bumps into me, knocks me down, and, like, rolls over my foot. Now, luckily, like, no real issues. Went to the hospital to make sure I was okay. No no serious damage. I think it was more emotionally traumatizing for him because he was 16 on his first date. Oh no! Your, your dad? No, 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 no. no. The, the guy who hit me. That is so brutal. You know, that's his two truths and a lie for every story oh, in his yeah. life. Now he I has changed my life, and I've changed his. Did you sue Red Lobster? Um, I took legal action, and I got free cheddar biscuits for a year. So <laughs> that's a good deal. I want this no, to I mean, be it true. Was, no, it's not. <laughs> but I wish it was. So then you were also uh, you ran out of air while scuba diving. I did. Um, the part that I left out that it was while in training. So there's a there's a portion of scuba diving training where your instructor will kind of mess with you one of the weeks to kind of like get you outside your comfort zone, see how you're going to react, things like that. And so he had actually turned off my air as he was swimming by me at like probably 15 or 20 feet. So I'm not like super deep. Nothing super bad's going to happen. But uh, it it is an interesting feeling of like you feel less and less air coming and then it's just there's nothing there and so you have to like remember 
your training of what you do if you run out of air. So yeah, it was it was an interesting time. I think what you do if you run out of air is die. Well, this sounds a lot like how Toby trains me. He's like, mm-hmm. let me put Blake in panic, and he'll figure it out and be stronger because of it. Yeah, well, this I is mean, legitimately what Navy SEALs go through yeah. in their training. Yeah, oh, like, I mean, like, they ta- like you get your mask taken off, like, all kinds of your stuff. air hose disconnected. Yep, and- yep. they, like, tied, they got, my instructor, like, took my regulator, my breathing apparatus, out of my mouth and, like, tied it into a knot of itself behind me. Are you? And in, I had to, like... Are yeah. you in a pool for these trainings, or are you, like, in the lake? So in Birmingham, um, there are pools that you can do it in, but we actually were in a rock quarry. So it was a rock quarry back in the late 90s. They hit a freshwater spring, and ever since then, it has naturally, like, filled itself. So the rock quarry went out of business, can't mine rock anymore in a quarry full of water. And so a scuba shop, a guy bought it, and uses it as a place to do scuba diving now. That's really awesome, but also I'm like, how often do people actually die in this training? That sounds No, it's he's there the whole time. I don't I I don't think Mark would let anything happen to me, but Well if he did, he could just slightly, you know, put one brick on you and they'll never find you. Oh, it's it's an it's a it's a place to get rid of something in there, I'm telling you. This is kind of like the church gear training that Blake went through. I was like, you're going to Coleman, Alabama, and if you've survived that, <laughs> please. With no cell back, phone and no car. Coleman. If you make it outside the city limits, you've survived. <laughs> it was more like, can you survive uh, Orlando? Have we ever told the Orlando story? We don't have time. Okay. Yes, we did. Okay, good. Um, Griffin, I got a ton of questions for you, but yeah. I still, your lies are really, or your truths and lies are really good. Um, <laughs> I try Dolly, to pick some good Give ones. us the Dolly Parton details before we get to your interview. And we legit do drive by her house all the time. Really? Yeah, okay. cool house. Yeah. So, crazy backstory to Dolly. Her bus driver, and so therefore her bus is based out of Coleman, Blake. It <laughs> because is, all good things are. It is literally. It's the culmination of all is, the goodness. I mean, I don't know if it still oh, is yeah. to this day, but at the point in time when I knew of everything that was going on, it was based out of Coleman. literally stayed parked downtown in like a back alley in Coleman. And uh, her bus driver and my mom dated for several years. This is a true story. And so, I'm, I mean, I'm a young kid. I don't really understand. I'm Like, I knew who Dolly Parton was, but, like, I didn't really understand the situation and what was going the on. Of yeah. fame. She was yeah. just another adult. That yeah. You knew. And so uh, every weekend um, you can, I don't know if you can still do this. I don't, they may have stopped because of COVID or something. I don't know, but used to her bus would be at Dollywood every weekend and you could like take a photo with her bus and stuff like that. And a lot of times people didn't know this. She would be on the bus hanging out and she would do random like appearances in Dollywood. So me and Tim would get on the bus in Coleman when I got out of school on Friday and we would drive the bus up to uh, Gatlinburg, pick her up, take her to Dollywood, and we would just hang out in Dollywood until Sunday and then come back home. So is she as cool as she seems? Oh, she was like my, she was like another grandma. We've heard nothing but like overly wonderful things about Dolly Parton. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, like this was over the course of like probably two to three years. I mean, it was like she was like a grandma. See, Dolly Parton is one of the few individuals that has a 100% approval rating in America. Americans yeah. can't 100% agree on anything except no. Dolly Parton's amazing and Church Gear's awesome. So yeah, tech, yeah. I think it's just church gear and dolly yeah yeah it, it has Let's to get, be can we get dolly a tech yeah shirt oh i would love oh, that man That'd if be she was a spokesperson for church yeah. gear done done well she's your grandma so can yeah. you set that up i mean i'll just call her real quick perfect this is that's so awesome because she's i mean she's literally the paint patron saint of tennessee we tried to put oh, a yeah. statue up of her and she wouldn't let us because of course she didn't want to be about too her honorable yeah. you know dolly and your pastor they have something in common then they're good at not making it about them they want it to be about the church not them okay Griffin, 
you really delivered on that that section, man. Thanks. Well, I tried. I, it, that took a lot of thought. Okay. Ooh, appreciate you thinking about it, actually. Leading into his questions, I, I want to lead in with another one of your truths, that you were the youngest staff member. So was this full-time staff or any staff? Yeah, so it was, it was actually full-time. There's a ministry school attached to Church of the Highlands. It's really more for, like, pastoral leadership, outreach, serving, things like that. But there's actually a tech portion to it. It's a two-year program. And so um, I, being from Coleman, I was about an hour away from where Highlands' main campus is. So I knew of it growing up. And um, when I was trying to decide what I wanted to do tech-wise, and I wanted to have some kind of career in it, ended up going to the college. I was like, hey, if it's a horrible experience, it's only two years. A year into it, just honestly just working my butt off, being at every event I could be at, um, I got offered a lighting assistant position, which was like kind of a tech sort of position, um, working on gear at campuses and hanging out with volunteers on the weekend. And so that was kind of how I got the start. So that was at 18 going on 19. Wow. That's, I mean, this is kind of congruent, though, with a lot of things that we see. Like, people start volunteering, and then suddenly they're they're working full-time, even though yeah. their age might be young, their work years are, are large. So Absolutely. Speaking of that, though, like, you see a lot of volunteers. You were one yourself once. Like, how many are you typically working on any given Sunday? And what's, like, your process of training training them, keeping them engaged, feeling like they're part of the team? Yeah. It's, it's, it's a challenge for sure because... Um, I'm at the broadcast campus, and so obviously we have to have a certain level of excellence because we are broadcasting online into campuses and things like that. So we do have a a volunteer system at the main campus, but it's quite a bit smaller. Um, at our campuses, some of them are permanent in a building we either built or a building we bought. And then our portable locations, um, we have usually anywhere from five to ten production volunteers, and then really the majority of the campus itself is pulled off by volunteers. Wow. Um, yeah, we usually have one production staff member, one worship staff member. Um, we normally have one kind of pastoral care, like help the campus pastor, teaching assistant, administrative assistant kind of thing. Um, we usually have a campus staff of one or two people. So you're only looking at five or six staff for a church building, and then the rest is volunteer-based. And so what one of our one of our vision statements as a church is is that people would make a difference. So the idea is that you go from the journey of finding God, knowing God, falling in love with God, being in a relationship with God, and that journey should take you to the point where you're making a difference, whether it's, you know, for some people it's working in a church, but not necessarily. They could be working at Regions Bank being a bank teller, but that's still like where they're supposed to be. And so what we try to do is is create a culture where there's as much opportunity for people to be as involved as possible so that they are getting the opportunity to do and work in the areas where they feel like they can make a difference, if that makes sense. No, that makes total sense. So then you guys must have a really big culture on equipping people to be able to run that many campuses, mostly with volunteers. Is there anything... Is there any tips you would give other, you know, church tech directors on 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 equipping and engaging with your volunteers? Because I mean, you guys are doing well. Yeah, I mean, we, you know, we've certainly had done stuff the right way, done stuff the wrong way. Um, I would say one of the big things is to make sure people don't feel like they're lost in a system. So if you go back a couple of years ago, we did these huge like quarterly production gatherings where it was like, hey, if you're a production person at any of the campuses, come hang out. Today's topic, we're going to learn about like um, LED mapping, but we're also going to have a lunch and hang out. So the idea, the hope was that it centered around a topic so that people could be better equipped, learn something new maybe, but at the same time, they were also able to kind of hang out with each other. 
that was great, except that it honestly just kind of became another event that they had to go to or felt like they could go to. And so what would happen is, is you would have a disconnect of people just feeling like they're still just a part of the system, unfortunately. And so what we've started doing is, um, because we have so many campuses all over the state of Alabama, we've kind of split Alabama up into regions, north, south, east, west. And we try to spend more time focused on a region now, not trying to like make everybody come to us. We kind of try as a team and as a staff, go to them. So still do training, still do hangouts, things like that. But by kind of going to them, as opposed to being like, hey, you can you can come to us if you want something. You know what I mean? No, that's a really big shift. And that's, yeah. that is so good. Because I mean, as a staff, you're not just serving uh, the people in your congregation, you're serving those who are serving, like, you know, pour into them so they can pour into their people. So absolutely. Absolutely. That's, that's great. I just love the stories we get of, you know, drawing in people that are you know, disconnected from the church. I mean, not in a bad way, but like they don't, they don't know where their place is. Absolutely. A lot of times it's introverts, you know, who yeah, don't want to do absolutely. volunteering yeah. in the kids ministry. And then we draw them into the podcast. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then here we are. Yeah. And I, I just love, I feel like, you know, tech ministry is this like unspoken army of people that if not to say that they don't have other places in the world, but it's like, it just clicks with them. They're like, yeah. Oh my gosh, this is my community. And I'm, yeah, I'm part of something huge, and so I and just And it's love so funny because they're all introverted people, yeah. so they don't want to, like, go out on their own and, like, get what they need, but they still know what they need, if that makes sense. So it's like you almost have to create an environment that's, like, as comfortable as you can for them to be like, no, these are my people. I'm okay. I can be open. I can be honest with people. It's uh, We're a funny bunch of people. Yeah. Yeah. Who ends up being the life of the party at most of your events? Me. There we it, go. Yeah, it's me. Yeah. I, I consider myself an extroverted introvert. I... I will be the person in like a introverted production setting to like go out of my way to like make it a good time for everybody. But then when I get back home, I'm like, I want silence. No one talk mm-hmm. to me. I'm just going to sit in a dark, silent, quiet room and just eat some gravy. Yeah. Eat some gravy. Well, I guess you would drink gravy, I guess. Oh, I don't know. Depends on how uh, thick it is. I mean, yeah, it, yeah. It's somewhere in between there. So you're going to have to help us, Blake and I, with a debate. Now we're not tech people. We love tech people and we love serving them. Absolutely. But like, and we have, Lots of people on our staff that are the tech people, but you guys wear black shirts and black pants all like nobody's time. business. Yeah, I'm wearing black it's American so Eagle jeans right now. Across yeah. all tech people from all churches, all backgrounds, all places, like it is the the most unspoken unifier I've ever seen. If you look at my closet, it's kind of depressing. <laughs> I look like a middle schooler stuck in a goth era. So now we we wanted to do this tech yeah T-shirt for Philo, and so we made them, and you know. The, the marketing guys, which, you know, we're thinking in marketing ways, we get the proof back and it's like this textured gray shirt. And uh-huh. we're like, that looks awesome. Oh, I was in love. Yeah. And then yeah, I yeah. thought like, wait a second, this, I know this is great and it looks great, but I'm like, I'm like, Blake, you need to text Lee Fields and ask like, will text wear a non-black? And so Lee's response was Blake. It has to be a black shirt. And yeah. then I texted yeah. David Rodiger, and he was yeah. like, it has to be black. And I yeah. asked Brian, the tech, our tech, and he said it has to be black. And I was like, but the gray is so pretty, just one. So now, Honestly, it should have been black on black. I'm just, I'm just going to, hang on. Everyone, everyone who's listening to the podcast right now, I know you're shaking your head yes because you're feeling this with me. Uh, to be honest with you guys, I love you guys a lot. I, I think we have a great friendship. But it should have been black on black. This is No, no, no. <laughs> this is an option. Can so, you read black on black? That's not the point. All right. Ben Davis, shout out to Ben Davis, our guy who shout printed out. these shirts for us. He said that to me. He was like, because he he's a, he was a worship pastor guy. But he, he's he, a touring, he was Kerry Job's bass player for yeah. a long time. Oh, nice. But so he, get, he gets the audio world. And he yeah. was like, 
hey man, you know, I could print kind of like a, a black on black. I was like, ah, for my first conference, I don't know, but that might be, Griffin, you might be. It the, needs to be a raised black. Though. Yes. Yeah. That's how you make it visible. It's you might like, get to claim credit at Philo 2023 for hey, all I'll, of them. I'll I mean, be, I think it's I'll just take it. clear that, that Griff needs to work for Church Gear to help us make these decisions. I mean, you know? You know, when, when we're not recording, who knows? <laughs> yeah, what conversations you may know, happen? He's going to volunteers where they're at. We're going to. No. I have made multiple people uh, the offer that will make them a fake Church Gear offer, like job offer to take it back to, to oh, get a raise. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> On the podcast right now, I'm saying we'll give you 150k a year. So you take that back. Uh, I mean, and... I'll I'll take that to the bank. <laughs> oh, here's a fun one. All right, I haven't told Toby this yet. Uh, so we put up a full time job job description for a full time driver on the site, and the number uh, well, it's on the website. It was thirty eight thousand a year. Well, my web guy or I did, it's probably me, uh, accidentally put a zero there. So it was 380,000. That's a good job. Man, That's, someone, I would drive I'm anywhere. I'm going to take that job. I'll drive anywhere for that. So <laughs> someone reaches out to me on Instagram and says, hey, uh, if this is accurate, I can start tomorrow. <laughs> Otherwise, I think you might want to address this on your site. And I was like, thank you for being super nice and pointing this out to me. Oops, a daisy. For me, it's the, if this is accurate, I'll take it tomorrow. <laughs> oh, right? Well, because there's so many jobs that you're like, I wouldn't do that. And it's like, what if we make it uh, seven figures? It's like, yeah, I could think yeah, about I that. Think, I think I could see myself doing that. Okay, so I want to ask a lighting question. And this has been like very recent where I had this realization and thought. So the church I'm at, it's a big church. And I won't say it. I love my church. But I'm, and I'm not complaining in any way about the church. Because as I'm in the congregation and the things are happening on stage and there's a lighting design that's created, I'm trying to think like, there's a lot of lights that focus on the stage and what's happening on the stage. And there's, it's very, you know, dark out in the congregation. And I'm just realizing that, you know, the audio is coming at us and the video we're seeing and we're engaging it with, but the lights, it really felt like, man, there's almost like a separation. Like they're creating a curtain between us and the band. I'm like, is that something you think about as a lighting designer? Of how can I pull in the audience rather than just separating? Them? Yeah, yeah pulling would, or pushing with lighting. Yeah, I would say absolutely. One unique thing for me is Church of the Highlands being in Birmingham, Alabama, we're very Bible Belt. So that being said, our vision from our senior pastor down is that we create an environment that should be easy for anyone to attend. So we're not lights in the crowd and like rock and roll and stuff like that. We have a lot of lights and a lot of gear, but it's to fulfill a job that we have, not necessarily to try to be a show, at least in our opinion. You know, everybody's up for opinion on that. Um, and so I've struggled with this before because I have, I've gotten the sense that like at the proscenium edge, at the stage edge, I feel like often people are looking through almost like a glass wall of something happening as opposed to them getting to be a part of it, yeah. exactly like y'all were saying. And so um, what I've done is, is there's just, in the, in the world of design, there's layers. So you have your tops, your bottoms, your mid layers, your, your downstage, your upstage, your layering designs. And so one thing that I've had to learn how to do is to do a very bottom heavy design so that I'm not in people's eyes or faces, but instead I'm able to get that energy out into the room without being like in anybody's face. So I'm still fulfilling, you know, the vision of senior leadership while at the same time, I'm also able to, you know, 
create an environment that people love to be in and that it's impactful for them too. The other great thing is doing um, like crowd lighting, just like washing the crowd with color. Um, you know, we were talking about um, in a breakout the other the other day here at Philo actually, um, talking about like, think about audio. You don't run your pre-service at 50 dB and then the first snare hit of the first song hit it at 90 dB. That's a big gap. That's shocking. It's yes. shocking. So, you know, with a countdown video, you work your audio up to the point where you get to 90 decibels right before that first snare hit and you've closed that gap. So in the same way, if you have your house lights super bright and then worship starts and you just knock everything out to zero and the room goes completely black, that's shocking for people visually. And, you know, it can make people feel uncomfortable. And so what I've learned to do is, is to kind of fill that balance of going from like more of a house light look to more of a color kind of wash look. And it both brings people back into what's happening on stage while at the same time you're able to kind of have a you know prettier sexier however you want to say it look i like sexier yeah Yeah. you're kind of able to have that sexier look during worship and you know you've kind of bridged that gap does that kind of make sense yeah and speaking of sexier look do you know sweet pete oh sweet pete what's up everyone welcome to the podcast the church gear podcast sweet pete Thank you. Yeah. How do you approach lighting things in a sexy manner? Because Griff is the sexiest lighting designer we've ever had on the show. Whoa, you heard it here. Yes. Well, when it goes to sexiness and goes to lighting, I always have to make sure that the beard is lighted properly Mm -hmm. Ah. for the right photos and video. Now, uh, Sweet Pete, you have a little bit of red in your beard. A little bit, yeah, a little yeah, bit. yeah. And Griff, you have a little... A lot of red in my hair. A, li- a lot of red and a little beard. Yeah. It's like the world's smallest beard. Well, I shaved yesterday, so okay. I can... Can you I grow can't. a sweet pea beard? I, I don't... Because mm, you have a little could, bit of the baby face. Yeah, I could figure out what we could play with. Yeah. You know, I could try it. I feel like we need to drop a gauntlet right here to Sweet Pete and Griff McCra- McCravey compete on a beard growing contest. I do have to say, do Pete I get has a, a head start. Do I get? A, do I get to keep my head start? Yeah, or do I, yeah, are Pete, you asking me to shave? Pete has a because major head start. Because if we're asking me to shave, then we have to put some dollar bills behind this yeah. and all that. I think we need to have Blake in join in this as well because his ability to grow a beard is hilarious. It's very bad, guys. Yeah, I, I'm down if he doesn't get a head start, but I think you've got to pay him to not have a head start. I think really it should just be you and Blake against each other. I mean, I'm I'm. I like my odds more with Blake, I'll yeah, be honest. I think so. Yeah. Sweet Pete, this that's that's a beard, brother. Thanks. Yeah. Well and, done. And, and thanks for letting me crash. Yeah. Really quick. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I love hanging out with you guys. You should like be a real guest someday. Yeah, sure. Whenever we We'd can like get that. that to work. I'd yeah. love to do it. Let's talk. Sweet. As uh Pete. as uh, I've heard say before, tech yeah. Tech yeah. That's what I'm saying. Tech yeah. <laughs> Also, for everyone who's listening, I, I mean, if we're going to use the tech, yeah, like shout out and tagline, I think there's another tagline that we need to do Uh-oh. for uh, me joining the podcast in a future day is, you got this. We, we got, got this. this. Let's, Let's go. go. A little thought leader shout out. I thought it was going to be the repeat sweet Pete. That's going to be the title of his episode. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's definitely retweet sweet Pete. Retweet sweet Pete. Nice. Tech yeah, everybody. Sweet Pete. 
Love, love that guy. We, we, we had we had no one crash our first two episodes, and now we got two and one. I, I love know. this. Well, yeah. I'm just a man of the people. Yeah. But, no, that was, I shouldn't have said that. That was, well, that was weird <laughs> to say. No, that's what I say in my head after I say anything on this podcast. <laughs> I mean, I bet you were not this popular in high school. No, for sure not. Yeah. Imagine me a little more round, glasses, braces, didn't know yet what to do with all the hair. Mm-hmm. It was a hard couple years mm-hmm. for old gravy. Speaking of sex, old gravy. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Griffin, I see a lot of myself in you. You're like, yeah. how is that possible? My wife is a redhead. And so when I saw you, I was like, ah, oh, Griffin could be my son one day. That's that's what my son would look wow. like with red hair. I thought you were going to say I could be your wife. I was like, well, I'm not sure if that's a compliment. Griffin's like, you know, I've, I've been rolling along with the punches on this podcast until that moment. Okay. Speaking of some punches, uh, you might get punched if you jumped on the mixing board <laughs> and, you know, your, um, your mixing guy jumped in the audio se- uh, section. Like, can I say this better? You're... I'm, I'm butchering if it. If you played musical chairs with your tech team okay. on a weekend and you jump to... Mixing? Audio, and your yeah. video jumped to lighting, and lighting jumped to video, who would do best? Who's got the best switching shot? Roles? I am going to sound super self-centered when I say this, and I think it's me. I actually had an audio background before lighting. Now, it was in more of a theatrical background, but it was still audio. And then basically me and the lighting guy were like, you like what I'm doing and I like what you're doing, so let's swap. Mm. And then when I started at Highlands, just from like hanging around campuses and being around, I was like, hey, you know, I used to do audio. I want to kind of like hop back in a little bit. So randomly, occasionally, I've actually been mixing some Sunday nights, believe (gasps) it or not. No one knew until this moment. No one knew until right now. So on this subject of musical chairs, how do you feel like, you know, the love and the hate goes? Do you feel like, you know, audio gets 70% of the love, video gets 20%, and then like the leftover 10% is the lighting? Yeah, um, that's, a, that's a tough topic. We, um, so for us, there used to be a lot of disjunction and discommunication between audio video lighting because we were all three on separate teams Mm. so it's which is interesting to think about just because of our size at the time several years back we thought it made sense to separate out those areas because of size of the church well what we've learned is is that if everyone's not on one team you don't act like one team and so we were having lots of issues with I'm not helping you with that because that's an audio project and I'm a lighting guy and the video guy is not going to worry about talking to me because we're on two separate teams. And so we kind of had to come to Jesus almost a little bit and be like, hey guys, we're all trying to accomplish the same goals and we all need our thing to be done at the end of the day. So we need to accomplish this as a team, not as like three teams trying to all get there first, try to get to the finish line first. And so it's been a way better process, a way better experience, all being on one team, which I know for a lot of people would probably be like, yeah, obviously that makes sense. Mm-hmm. For us, it was something we had to learn. We were like, it seems like it makes sense to be departmentalized. And when it was departmentalized, it was definitely more of a, if you get to the table first, you get the biggest portion at dinner. You know what I mean? And do you feel like, you know, we call it AVL. Do you feel like kind of the, the industry looks at it as like audio first, then video, then like if you have anything left over, then lighting? I, I think there's a little bit of a I think beforehand we were living in a world of actually audio lighting video. I think the invention of LED walls mm. has quickly pushed video to the front of the pack. Yep. I think people are wanting those big, massive LED walls first, and then they're like, okay, then people need to hear it, and then we'll throw some lights in there, but the LED wall is going to light up a bunch of it anyways. I actually think LED walls, in my opinion, have really pushed video to more of a leading spot. Yeah. Um, and then they're like, you know, they'll hear it somehow. 
and they'll see it somehow. So, uh, you know, we're here at Philo and I'm looking over at uselighting.com and it, it, now correct me if I'm wrong, but it reminds me of like hearing that you guys will rent a bunch of stuff for like big events like Christmas and Easter. Yeah. And I've seen some videos, some of, some of these Christmas productions yeah. and like, my goodness. So tell us like, you know, a normal Sunday morning, obviously you're doing a lot of things, but then Super Bowl Sunday, Christmas yeah. and Easter, like yeah. how much bigger is it what you guys are doing? Yeah. So we've kind of created a system where we have the, we have the broadcast campus, then we have permanent buildings that we own or we, we either built or we bought. And then we have portables, which are school gymnasiums, things like that. And so those three levels of campus sizes, we have three different packages that we own that are there all the time. We will like rehang gear, move stuff around, change the layout, but the gear itself itself stays the same. Then our model is at Christmas time, at Easter, at those special, at our women's conference, things like that. That's where we'll rent in packages to kind of up the experience a little bit. Um, Easter for us is still very evangelical. So although we'll normally make it a little more special than usual, it's still like the majority of it still feels like a normal Sunday. Christmas for us is where it's kind of a little bit more of a show. It's like, hey, you know, come have an experience with your family, you know, be wild, you know, all that kind of stuff. And so we've done everything from pyro to moving stage risers that go up and down to lasers. Um, but it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. But we own all of our product that's in our buildings week to week, and then we just supplement with rentals like four wall and things like that. So then tell us about the, the lighting learning curve. You know, you said you kind of jumped back and forth between audio and lighting in the past. Um, what's the toughest? Audio, lighting, video. If you're a young tech listening to this thinking, tech, yeah, I'm going to do this. I'm going to become a, a church tech. What is the, I mean, maybe harder is the wrong word. Maybe it's like pros and cons of each. But as you think about them, like what was it like learning lighting versus learning audio? I think lighting and audio are both similar in that it's actually really important to know music. So I grew up with like a piano background. I played piano for a couple of years growing up. And I think lighting and audio both hit their sweet spot when you know the music and you like know when to highlight the right moments and things like that. I think that with video, you can oftentimes set up a video system that works well and it does what you want it to do. And you don't necessarily have to have a musical background to be able to do that. Uh, you can set up a system that works, you know, you can set up big LED walls, lighting, camera packages, all that kind of stuff, and it'll look really good, and you don't really have to know the musical side of it. Now, there is a point where cutting cameras, things like that, it is important to have a musical background to know, like, hey, what should I do when? Um, and I don't really know if that answers the question, but I just think, like, I think you're at a disadvantage if you're not necessarily musical, audio, and lighting before video. Um, so we've had a couple other lighting guys on. We've had Robbie Kurtz of Four yeah, Wall. Yeah. We've had uh, Nathan Alves, um, who does John Mayer and Barry Manilow. Mm -hmm. So I wonder, do you have like a moment in your, I mean, you're 23 years old, dude. Yeah. Do you have a moment in your career where you're like, that's my proudest moment as a lighting Where you saw the light. Uh, yeah, for sure. I, um, so our student, our student ministry at Highlands is called Motion. Um, it's, I grew up in a super small Southern Baptist church, so we had VBS every Wednesday night. Shout out to the hand puppet shows. Um, but yes. Harry Awanas, Potter, Harry Potter. Yeah, Harry Potter, you know, the little pins on your vest, all that. That was, that was my world. 
um, come to Highlands, non-denominational, a um, little bit bigger experience. So we have uh, once a month, we have a student service on Wednesday night, the second Wednesday of the month, and it's called Motion. And then every summer, kind of like Passion or there's other camps and conferences out there like it, we do a Motion conference, which is like a three-day experience in an arena in Birmingham. Um, we load in a full arena show. Um, Pre-COVID, we were getting close to and some years selling out the arena for this three-day conference. Um, and as a kid, I used to attend this conference just with my youth group because churches from all over the country, sometimes even different countries, will actually come in for our conference. And so I remember attending, this is going to get like super sentimental for a moment. No, but, please. Um, I remember attending motion conference several years and like looking down at front of house, not even knowing it's called front of house and be like, man, I don't know what they do, but like, I just want to meet those guys one day. And then there was a moment for me two or three years ago working on the team where I, I, all of a sudden I have the realization I'm standing at front of house at motion conference. We're in the first session. And now I'm in the opposite viewpoint of Mm -hmm. looking up at this room full of kids, just worshiping their guts out. And it was, it was an emotional moment where it like clicked in my head. I was like, I have like, of all the things that I still have yet to do, of all the goals that I have career-wise, I've made that flip already this close, this quickly in life where I went from like, I just want to meet them one day to like, I'm freaking one of them. Yeah. And now your job is to look back at those people that you used to be and find the black shirts. Exactly. And be like, oh, he's in all black. Come here, buddy. Exactly. Yeah, I've thrown that out as the term for the people who listen to the podcast, like the black shirts. The black that's, shirts. That's what everybody wears. There you go. It, it might... It might just catch, Blake. You keep trying. You know, if you keep saying I, it enough and yes. tweeting it enough, I yes. printed all these black shirts with tech. Yeah, I mean, well, it's got go. white writing on it, so we kind of take off five points for that. But it's okay. What do you think the chances are that one person that got the shirt here is going to take Sharpie and just color in the? Somebody tech has already tried to turn it inside out to see if it's white <laughs> on the other side. Oh boy! All right. Well, for the next twelve or eleven months and thirteen days, I will be getting proofs back with black lettering to see how to make this work. You're welcome, tech community. Griffin, uh, I need to get uh, some wisdom from you. I've got some sentiment. I've got some laughs. You're really the whole package if you can land this last plane. Uh oh. <laughs> this this is our last segment. It's the tech takeaway. Essentially, this is like what is your quintessential Griffin McCravey corn on the gravy advice? Like this is your specific piece of advice that you would give tech directors to make their Sunday services better. And that's a lot to put on you, man. That is. I I think that um, we're coming out of a season of now more than ever of you have to make sure that you are taking care of yourself. Um, I think there's a lot of church people out there, church tech people out there who have spent a lot of years in the shadows. We're always backstage. We're always at front of house. No one knows we're there. And I think it's easy for any human being to take that and be like, nobody cares about me. Like you kind of, you sort of like subconsciously start thinking that is that like nobody cares about me. They wouldn't know if I wasn't there. Then something goes wrong and all of a sudden like people make a joke out of it. But at the same time, you're like, man, this was the last thing I wanted for anybody to notice me like in this way. And so I think there's a lot of church people out there who have actually this is going to be a bold statement. I'm going to say Do I think it. there's a lot of church people out there who have put a lot of hurt and 
strong emotion at their church in a negative way of, you don't care for me like you should. And it's really because they haven't taken the time, not saying it's their fault, but they haven't taken the time to get right in their own heart and soul and emotional energy and spiritual energy. And I think what we do is we're always looking for somewhere to blame, somewhere to point a finger. And so I think it's really easy to get hurt being in church tech ministry work thinking that nobody cares about you, nobody thinks about you, and you, without even meaning to, point it back at the church and make it something you put in between you and the church. And I think we're seeing a lot of church people have issue with the church and go to other areas of ministry and work because of this subconscious change that they've made in their spirit where they're like, yeah, well, the church doesn't care about me. And in their head, they start to believe that. And so I just think it's important now more than ever that we take time to sit like recompose ourselves, take times to make take time to make sure that we're good first so that we can we can pour out. My senior pastor always says it's like one of the old school buckets that's slot, wooden slats. Wherever your lowest slat is, that's where the water runs out. So it doesn't matter if you have one area that's super strong. Your strongest area isn't what makes the mark at the end of the day. It's the lowest slat. So I think it's important that we all take time to like what is our lowest slat? Think about it get better at it and be better for us and for everyone else. Time to take a tech timeout. Man, that's really good. We've heard a, a lot of a lot of stuff in that vein recently about burnout, about people feeling underappreciated. Heard some good stuff on like being, you know, uh, Lee challenged a lot of people on our podcast to like have some of those hard conversations that you Absolutely. haven't that you've needed to have because it's it's two sides of the coin, right? It's techs have definitively been overlooked. But at the other side of the coin, a lot of times people don't know they feel that way. Yeah. Like you, yeah. you got to be willing to, to speak up for yourself and, yeah. and just put yourself out there because people will care if they if they know. Yeah. And I was I was actually talking to someone not at Highlands at another church, a friend that I know, and he had recently uh, transitioned into doing like freelance. And he had a couple other people at the church that he worked at asking him like, hey, when's the right time to decide like if I should be freelance? Like, I, I, I don't think I'm like... I think I'm being undervalued and honestly like underpaid at my church. And he had given them the very bold advice of if you ever get an opportunity or anything from anywhere and you don't even think you want to take it, but it's more money, not because it's more money, go give it to your supervisor or your direct reporter, whoever, and have the conversation of, hey, I, I like where I'm at. I really do. I just need you to know that like this was offered to me because this guy's really bold theory is that we subconsciously in our head are like, well, I was worth that much money. And then, well, this guy thinks I'm worth that much money. And so you build this up in your head to the point where you're like, the, the church is like underpaying me and not valuing me. And what they've done is, is they've created this, this narrative in their head that the church like may not even know about. The church may not know you were offered some freelance gig that was worth so much more money than you're making now. And it's like, how would they know unless you say something? So not in an effort to like fish or try to make more money, but I think it's, I think we have gone a really long time thinking it's okay to be like secretive and like shadowy and like our conversations with our direct reports and things like that. I think it's important now more than ever to just be super open and super honest. And if you're not okay, say you're not okay. So this is great because on this podcast, we're now upping it to 250K a year for you. So you can take this offer back to Church of the Highlands. That was actually one of the reasons why I accepted. So I'd have an offer to go back. I I get it. Yes. I'm kidding. (laughs) That was really well done. Okay, well, Griffin, you have more wisdom uh, for someone your age than should be possible, making oh, me feel o- old and dumb. So, stop. you got any plugs? Um, 
I mean, is there anything you want to point people to to come get some more gravy in their life? Or if you want to be left alone, find to say that as well. But Yeah, absolutely. People are welcome to follow me, not for the follows, but just if you want to hang out. I'm Griffin underscore McCravey on social media. Um, you can feel free to go to um, Highlands Production. That's our church production page if you ever want to check out what we're doing. All one word, Highlands Production. Um, and then I encourage people, I'm actually a part of a program called uh, Thought Leader, which is actually uh, sponsored by Chauvet. It's not a sales pitch. It's not trying to get Chauvet to get another sale. What it is is, is think of Church Sale Media Tech, like the Facebook group, but think of the drama and then subtract the drama out of it. So the idea is is that it's an opportunity for church tech guys to be able to connect with gear questions and just in general in life uh, on this program. So I'm one of the people who lead calls. We do kind of like this podcast. We do calls like this over Zoom where we're just hanging out, talking about life and the things nobody else understands except for us um, and uh, just kind of creating a community. So I encourage people to check out that stuff. Nice. Yeah. I love it. Community is always best. Thanks for listening. And hey, congratulations on Surviving Sunday. If you happen to make it through next Sunday as well, join us again for your weekly Tech Breather. Blake, I got to say, you're you're just turned 29. Griff is 23. I, I am so much more impressed as him as a human being than you. Is that because he's from Coleman? You know, I was uh, 29 feeling fine, but now I'm lying if I said that line. That's right. Um, but you know what Griff would probably do because he's so mature and from Coleman, Alabama. Yeah. He would, uh, he'd say, you know what, Blake, he'd put his arm around my shoulder and he'd say, I'm going to text the church gear episode that I was on to a friend right now. But in the production notes, it says a single friend, a single friend. Yeah. Well, hang on. That just so means one non married. It doesn't have to be a non married. Are you just like poking fun at Griff right now? No, nope, not at all. Still single. If Griff is still single, I got about a hundred girls in Nashville <laughs> that I bet would love to meet him. Um, no, just a single friend that needs to hear this conversation. That'd be encouraged or a married friend. Or a married friend. But yeah. if they are also single, it's okay. Yes. <laughs> a friend. <laughs> All right, Brian, cut this. Okay, Blake, I've been working on some jingles for our new website launch. So I've got churchy, churchy, church, church to Toby, what have I told you about singing on the podcast? It doesn't work. But you know what is working? Our new website. You can actually get it to load on your phone. You can actually buy a new piece of gear without your phone bursting into flames. Well, what if I spelled it out like C-H-U-R-C-G-E-R? Toby, Toby, stop. That is not working. But you know what is working? The search bar on our website. You can actually search speakers and speakers will appear. No joke. That didn't always work. Okay, what if I just did something like go to churchgear.com? Uh, you know what? That one works.